This is a Soulfire production. Okay, you guys. I am so excited for today's episode. I have my mother, Tina Holloway, here with me. This is so exciting. <laughs> She's so nervous. It's just so weird. I don't get it, but it's amazing. She is the founder of Shredded Sprout, which is an amazing food blog. And I'm so excited for all of you to follow her. <laughs> She's been doing it for how many years? Have you been blogging? Uh like seven years. Wait, seven. 13. Yeah, seven years. Seven years. So this, so food, uh, the art of cooking has always been a medium in a way that she's expressed her creativity and her artistic nature, but it definitely expanded and grew when we were out of the house and my mom was excited to reinvent herself. So we're going to talk today about motherhood, raising awesome kids, having a very successful, thriving marriage, um, lessons that she's learned over this lifetime, how cooking's become a passion, um, how she's gotten involved in a lot of awesome nonprofits, her vision for the future, advice for her younger self. And we're actually going to do a live cooking demo today because I know so many of you guys on the line love cooking, love eating healthy, love it to be simple, but also want it to be a moment. And that is something that my mom is amazing at creating moments that are super meaningful and memorable. And she does that through the art of cooking. So meet my amazing mom. Hi. <laughs> so um, you grew up in Illinois, one of six girls. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, crazy. It was like living in a sorority since, uh, you know, birth. We're all about a year apart. And, uh, you know, there were moments, we had moments like in high school where we weren't all, you know, chummy. Um, but as we became adults and uh, our circumstances were the same, finally, um, we kind of redeveloped and refound our friendship as sisters. And uh, that is one thing we're really proud of as sisters, that we kept mm -hmm. a really tight um tight bond. And, and part of that was because we started 20 years ago doing a sister's weekend. Mm -hmm. And when my mom was still alive, she was part of it. So she was sister seven. We would call her sister seven. And it was just um, three days of just all of us together. And, you know, it was, it, it still is, you know, it, it got derailed this year, but it still is uh, probably the most important thing we do as, as a family right now. Um, to keep us grounded and to keep us close. Um, and one thing I've told my girlfriend, some, you know, you, you grow up and maybe you don't get along as kids and you hope that, you know, you, you re uh, form a relationship as adults. It doesn't always happen that way. Um, I, I've told some of my friends the secret of that. And I think that everyone can maybe take a lesson from this book. Uh, just the, just, you can't go there. You know, you can't go, uh, like criticize a, a parent move, uh, maybe say something about your child. You know, you have to keep it about um, us as sisters. And unless you're asked for advice, you really don't give it. Mm. And that has been the secret to our um, relationship. Oh, I really like that. And I think that's been so easy with so much going on in the world and so many people having strong opinions. Mm -hmm. It divides families. And really? I feel like, you know, no matter what side of the coin you're on, it's important that at the end of the day, we're family members, you know? <laughs> 
Yeah. And, and we're human beings and we stand for love and we're not going to let anything separate us, no matter how we choose to raise our kids or what we choose to believe. Right. And I think that we, you know, all relationships go through seasons, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a long life and, uh, you, and for the people out there that wish that they had that relationship, it's never too late. Mm, I love that. So how many years have you done your sister's retreat? Um, at least, uh, I want to say 20. Wow. I mean, you were in high school. We were going, right? We were, you were, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, 20, That's at least amazing. 20 years. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So do you feel like that um, groundedness in family uh, changed who you chose to get married to or like shaped how you found dad and, and. Well, it's interesting. I think that, um, you know, when you're not looking to be married, and you're looking at your own career path. And even back then, believe it or not, you know, I had a career path. And um, what were you? Tell us all about it. I will, but I, but a husband was never part of that picture. And quite frankly, either was a marriage. Mm. I mean, kind of like you, Laura, I, I mean, I was a career girl and I had big plans. And um, so my big plan was... <laughs> I, <laughs> Tell me about the big plan. I don't think I ever told you this. Um, I found my love of what I wanted to do in high school because we were fortunate enough to have a design um, design class, architecture and design class, mm. which not every school had that. So I became interested in that in an early age. And um, then I had a fantastic career counselor, Mr. Reese, which I can't believe that just came to me. Um, he, We really took a liking to each other, and he really wanted me and set me on a really good career path because he also had an art bend to him. And so I said, well, what's the best design school in the country? That's where I want to go. And he said, Pratt University in, in New York City. So I'm like, well, that's where I'm going. And, you know, number two, believe it or not, was University of Arizona at the time. Had a really good um, architecture design program. Um, and so when I presented this to my parents, um, I would have been the first one to go to college. Um, my sister chose a different path. She went right into uh, the workforce. Um, that, I... They thought I was crazy. (laughs) I mean, like, how would that happen? I mean, physically, how would that happen? Like, how am I getting to New York? Who's paying for that, right? I mean, there wasn't a lot of, that didn't happen a lot. A lot of my girlfriends, they all went to state schools. All of them went to college, but they all went to a state school or at least somewhere close, Notre Dame or University of um, Indiana. So that immediately, unfortunately, got kind of squashed, you know, my plan. And so when I went back to Mr. Reese, he goes, well, the second best thing you could do is go to Harrington and the city here because that is um, the number one school here right now in Chicago. So I did, and I lived at home. Um, I kind of really loved it. I took the L downtown every day with my portfolio, went to school, came home, and my mom and dad set up, you know, I think they felt really bad, but for me not going to New York, but they set up my room like a, a design studio. I had my drafting table. They actually put a key on my door. So I'd actually have a key to go in. So all my sisters wouldn't bother me. I'd be up at night all, all, all night drafting. So, um, anyway, so that, um, is where I ended up going and that was a three-year program. And then I was, um, actually, uh, I got into the art Institute to get my fourth year to get a bat to get a bachelor's. And I actually got a really good job out of, out of Harrington. So I never did go to the art Institute. Um, you know, so it had all worked out. And if I had go to, gone to New York, back to your original question, um, and my, what my future looked like in meeting dad, I never would have met him. Yeah. So we talk about that a lot. Like, you know, it's not necessarily your plan. There's a plan for you. And so you have to go with, 
there was a reason why I shouldn't have gone to New York, you know? And I ended up here and I ended up marrying the love of my life and your dad. Oh, I love that. How many years were you doing design for out of school? Um, until you were five. Got it. So how did you, how, tell me how you and dad met your side of the story. We met um, at University of Illinois. He went to UI and all my girlfriends that I grew up with went to U of I. So I would go down and visit them on the weekends because I was the city girl, right? And then they were in this wild life that I would get off the train and go, how do you, how are you living like this? Like in this basically Farmville. animal house, yeah. like the frats and the sororities. And it was so foreign to me anyway. So, but it was fun. And so I would go down and visit them and my girlfriend's group of boyfriends, dad was part of it. So they would hung, hang around in big groups. And so that's how I met him. I love that. I love it. Yeah. And what do you feel like has been the biggest keys to having successful marriage? Because you guys have been married, what, over 35 years? Mm-hmm. Um, well, like dad said, it has, I mean, first of all, you have to like each other. Um, we really like hanging out with each other and really laugh a lot, as you know. I mean, he's crazy. <laughs> so we have so much fun together and we we have common interests and you know I can't golf right now but I love to golf and I just love being outside so I'm his you know sidekick I'll go with him and ride the cart um so we we do really fun stuff together um and uh yeah I mean I, you just really really have to like each other and also to do that you have to be really good communicators and I think part of um a way we communicated, especially early on, it was hard with you guys being little, you're 18 months apart. I mean, you were all consuming, which of course is normal. Um, So we would carve out date nights. We started off with Ellen, our our every weekend babysitter. And by the time you got to the movie, uh, a a babysitting fee, because it was really still expensive back then, without a bucket of popcorn, it was $60. So we decided that's crazy. So we started our Friday night date nights. We'd put you guys to bed and um, purposely would have a date night. And we we would cook together. We always made the meals together, um, whether it, he'd be grilling and I'd be cutting vegetables, um, or we'd be sautéing scallops at the stove together, having a glass of wine and playing music. And then we would either re- retrieve to the fire in the living room or the fire on the patio. Yeah. And we would, no TV, and we would have at least five or six hours together. Just talking. And the one rule we always had was we couldn't talk about you and Scott. Oh, I like that. Period. Because during the week, I only saw dad two hours pretty much a day. You know, he'd get home at seven. I'd go to bed at, we'd go to try and go to bed at nine or nine thirty. Um, and it was all about the kids. And that for some reason, dad, you know, he'd walk in the door and want to know, like, I don't know why he was really interested in like how they pooped today. I'm like, what? Because <laughs> he he, that made him, for some reason, that was that the kids were healthy. You know, how, how was their day and did they have, you know, normal poops and all that? And, and so we would talk about you all week. And then on the, by Friday night, we're like, no, we're done. This is just about us. And to this day, even though we don't need to do that, we still do it every Friday night. I know. They still text me and my brother. We're in a group chat. Photos of their wine by the fire or outside of their feet by the fire every Friday. It's awesome. I love that. So what has then motherhood taught you? Um, wow. Well, because both you and dad had careers and raised great kids and a lot of people on the line are entrepreneurs and they want to have it all. So like, how, how did you create a life where you really had it all? Like you guys didn't, I didn't feel my experience of you guys was you didn't have to sacrifice anything. Well, um, 
Well, at least it didn't feel that way. Well, it didn't feel like it didn't feel that way to me either. But I did have to at some point make a decision, which wasn't easy. By the time you were five, I had my own design firm with a partner, and we were doing healthcare, uh, like hospitals and 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 all that. And uh, I we walked away from it um, because it was childcare versus money coming in versus you know how much you all needed me. Mm -hmm. Um, I walked away from it. Not that I regretted that decision. But it had to be made. Um, so that's where you come up creatively doing something else. Um, but so motherhood taught me, you know, obviously there's sacrifice, but nothing that hurts. Um, it's a sacrifice for a better cause, right? Um, and it also taught me, oh, my gosh, you talk about not understanding where love comes from. Um Wow. I mean, I didn't, you don't know how you can love this much. It's, it's unexplainable. And then thinking of having number two, I was actually consciously thinking about this, like how possibly could I love the second child any more than I love you? And then you remember it's a muscle, Mm. you know, and it grows. Mm -hmm. So that's what my best friend Nellie always says. She's like, it's like your heart out of your body, Laura. It's like you could eat them. You love them so much. And you would do anything to protect them. So the mama bear comes in. So what have we taught you? Wow. Um, Well, patience. Mm really an, an awful lot of patience and, and really to, to look and experience life through um, child, your eyes, mm-hmm. you know, you become more empathetic again and, and it's, and really the world becomes magical mm-hmm. because you're really looking at it all over again through your eyes. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. And, and just to enjoy the simple things, you know, like it doesn't have to be complicated, you know, uh, bedtime routines, right? Like you remember them, I remember them because they were simple and they meant a lot. How about just making time for a special day? Mm-hmm. Like remember your special day? My mom started that with me. With, yeah. with having six kids in the family, we never got one-on-one time ever. So my mom started be- like, okay, before school starts in September, we're going clothes shopping and we're going um, binder and pencil shopping and then we're going out to lunch. Well, that was a huge deal back then. And uh, then I remember I started that with you and Scott, which was... It was fun. It was like our ditch day. Uh, yeah. It, oh, kind of like the Cubs. Yes. The end of the year, you got one ditch day. One ditch day. And I thought that was really important. Like, okay, that last week of school to me, ridiculous. Sorry, teachers. But you're watching Disney films so that, you know, you just get those last five days another year. And I had it at some point and said, you, you guys, I'm giving you a ditch day. Mm-hmm. So you each picked a ditch day. And where did we always end up going? Cubs games. Yes. And I finally combined them because they both wanted to go to the Cubs game the same week. So, so fun. Um, What has your greatest lesson of this lifetime been so far? Um, Wow. Um, For one thing, um, you know, I'm a goal setter and I always have been. And I think very much like you, Laura, you're you're a goal setter. Um, And I was always looking for the next day or Mm -hmm. how soon can I get to the goal line? It was really important to me, and I needed mm-hmm. to see it, and I needed to go quickly. Right. And so I never enjoyed a Monday, and then I never enjoyed the Tuesday. Got it. So I didn't know I got that from you. Oh, my gosh. It was I guess so much that like is that. way more present. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, you know, family really is everything. It mm. sounds cliche, but I think, especially with you guys, in your 20s, you go back, and you do your thing, and you're, you, know, you were gone. Um, and not that you had to physically come back, but I think emotionally – you at some point you always come back to your family totally. 
for support, mm-hmm. you know, and for, you know, encouragement. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that that's really neat. And then, um, really to invest in your friendships, because now that I'm in my sixties, not that I have every friend from first grade, I do have a, a group from earlier in my life that, that are important to me. Um, but later in life, because our life is harder, we need support for raising our children. I mean, even if you have like three friends, three really, really good friends, you need to really keep them and invest in them. Yeah. You do a really good job nurturing your friendships. Can you share a little bit of like little routines you guys have to, to keep those friendships? Cause you guys go on walks, you on trips, like you do, you host dinner parties. Yeah. I think more than anything we, um, yeah, I mean, we try and get, we try and spend time together. Um, and fortunately we're all married and our husbands really like each other and that really helps. So, yeah, I mean, just being there for each other, you know, even if it's now since the pandemic, I mean, we really haven't seen each other that much. It's, you know, texting and being present and, you know, dropping things off at your front door, you know, someone had a little surgery and so we're all there for her and we drop something off. So it's just being present and being, you know. Yeah, it was really cool when all your girlfriends showed up at your mom's funeral. That was oh like, my that was really cool. It just showed yeah. like the investment you guys have made into each other. Um, how has cooking then become a passion for you? Because this is kind of like your second chapter of a fun and creative adventure. I'm trying to have it be profitable, you guys. So if somebody on the line would like to convince my mom for it to be a profitable blog <laughs> and create a cookbook and all the things, we're, we're moving in that direction. We are also having a nonprofit portion of it, but Tell us about cooking. Well, I think it was kind of a natural progression of just um, being creative. Um, Early on, you know, we always ate healthy. um, And uh, somehow I wanted even that to look pretty, right? I mean, I look at a platter or a plate, kind of like what my mom did growing up, but as a canvas. Mm. So you're putting food on a plate, you're just not putting it throwing it on a plate. I mean, you're arranging it, you're maybe putting something green on it, it's asymmetrical or it's, I mean, to me, it's, it's, you know, it's an expression. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how you make it in art because I do feel like I was so blessed to to grow up with a mom that enjoyed cooking so much, but it wasn't just cooking. It was always an experience. There were like layers to it. Here's an appetizer and that's designed perfectly. And it's on this pretty plate. And then there's this course. And then there's that course. Like for, so for you guys, you love going out to dinner. Well, when when we did go out to dinner and (laughs) I, you know what, everyone takes pictures of their food, right? right? Everyone takes pictures of their food. And this is their reaction. Oh my God, look at this. Oh my gosh, look at this. Look at how beautiful this is. Will you first eat with your eyes? So it might not even taste as good as it looks, but it, it looks like it's going to taste phenomenal because it's stunning. So that's that's a lot of it. And growing up, my mom, I remember thinking, gosh, you know what? We're little and I'm getting this. Like why during Lent when you couldn't eat meat, we um, she would cut a tomato like a flower with the petals and then dig out the center and put the tuna fish in there and oh. then have some kind of a leaf, like a flower, like a leaf. That We should present that to an eight-year-old. Or a 10-year-old. But I, I re- didn't know your mom was like that. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding? Well, you did all the cooking later for, like, all the Thanksgivings and everything. So I never got to experience her Oh, cooking. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my mom, it started with her. And then, well, I, this is a funny story. So even with the, just the family, we'd sit in the dining room for, like, Christmas morning breakfast. I don't know why she chose me every year to cut the grapefruits in half and then cut the membranes with a little knife, you know, a grapefruit knife. I still do that because of you. Yeah. And then you get the cherry on top. Well, 
No, I would have grapefruit eyeballs for two weeks. I mean, those things, it spits into your, yeah. your little eyes. But so it, all of that growing up, my mom would do that. So it, I really rung with me, you know. I love that. What are some of your favorite recipes that you feel like could maybe resonate with some of the people on the line? I'm not sure if I have favorites because they're all like, by now I have like over 450 recipes on that blog. So when I- Shreddedsprout.com, you guys, her new website is up and running. So when um, I think when I'm coming up with a new recipe or or finding a new recipe, it's getting to be like two get knocked off and then the third one is good because there's a lot on there. Oh. So I mean, I don't put anything on there that I don't think is terrific. Um, but the way I cook is I really cook seasonally like most people do. Whatever's available and whatever, you know, like then we're in squash and soup season, right? Um, the winter, maybe more braises and stews. And in the spring with um, fresh vegetables and more light fare like fish. And in the summer, anything to do with the farmer's market and grilling or, or lighter fare. Um, but yeah, if you look on the blog, I, I think um, most of my recipes are uh, few ingredients um, and few steps. And, and then a lot of it is the presentation at the end, really. So I love it. I love it. I know people on the line at least want to cook more than they ever did in 2020. So, oh, yeah. you know, you can go in, put in the search bar, you know, soups, you can put in, you know, good salads, you can put in high protein based meals um, and it'll all come up and you can yeah. find a fun dish. That's not just like a boring meal prep, but it's good. It's healthy. It's fresh. Right. And it, yeah, it yeah. looks pretty. Yeah. Speaking of meal prep, this is something that I did when you guys were little, and I kind of still do it in f for sure now um, in 2020. Only cook like two or three times a week. So you start with like maybe a, a roasted chicken on a Monday, and then the next day you're making chicken enchiladas or tacos, mm. you know, or chicken salad. And then the next day maybe grill some steaks, and then you're making Mongolian beef the next day, you know, or but make enough the first day to make two or three meals out of it and then get creative with that second and third meal. You're literally um, saving time and for sure money. I love that tip. Are you still involved with Common Threads? Um, actually, I am not. Okay. I was with them for seven years and this was strange. A couple of years ago, I was at a school uh, near Sox Parks on the south side of Chicago. And this is a, this is a semester program, an after school program. Um, and the principal came in and said, so this will be your last day. Mm. And we're like, what? And they go, well, they're having some financial problems. Something happened. And I looked into it a little bit and there was, I don't know if there was some cook in the book stuff, something happened and they shut down for about a year and a half. Well, I just recently, I was trying to find them. They're back. And for sure this year it's a virtual program, but the concept remains the same and very important that they're serving under, um, served communities. Uh, teaching them about nutrition and healthy eating for these young ones. I mean, a lot of Chicago, and I don't know about where y'all live, we've got food deserts here. I mean, there are, there are no grocery stores. I mean, they're going to it's the liquor corner store. liquor store, and there might be a bread in the back, and then, and then maybe a few vegetables. You know, I mean, right. that, it's a little bit better now because Target and Walmart have committed to moving uh, big box stores into these areas where they can shop. But I'm telling you, it is, um, it's a sad day when I'm, oh, I am raising a piece of asparagus to a 10-year-old and they have no idea what that is. 
you know, they have a lot, don't no idea what a lot of these veg, a lot of these vegetables are. So, anyway, this it is, um, you know, a curriculum that's designed to make healthy choices, you know, accessible and affordable. Um, and when I was teaching it, what was interesting is we would take a we would take a country. I, I think they're still doing this um, uh, to understand other cultures in the world. They would take a country like you know um, India. And we would not only cook Indian food, but we would talk about India and their, uh, where it is geographically in the world, and then um, talk about their people and what foods are important to them. Um, so anyway, it still exists. I, I, at some point, I would like to get back to it. The one thing I did notice, which I think is even really awesome, is they partnered with Northwestern, and they're now teaching, right now virtually, kids about um, uh, food and health. They're actually teaching them what you can eat, I mean, to sustain healthy living. Like, what does a carrot do for your eyesight? What, is, what do green vegetables do for you? What do orange vegetables do for you? So they're really trying teaching kids how, like, you know, food's medicine. I love that. I love that. So let's look into Common Threads. It's an amazing organization doing really cool things out there. My mom's been involved for a very long time. Um, what advice do you have to your younger self? Well, part of it, we already discussed this, but I, this is serious. <laughs> Enjoy the process. I mean, again, I was looking for the goal line and I think I missed a lot of Tuesdays and a lot of Wednesdays. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really do. We went around. So my friend was in town for her birthday and we went around and she always gives everyone a blessing on her birthday and then we give her one. But her blessing was to me, for me, it was to make every moment experience like a bubble bath. I was like, oh, I love that. Like a bubble bath? Because me and my mom love baths so much. I take like three a day in the winter. But I love that like analogy. I'm like, yes, every moment I do get to experience like a bubble bath because I do want to go to the future and experience life. Um you know, in the future. So I get to be here now. And I just like that analogy. Anyways, what is your vision for the future? I know 2020 has been crazy. Where do you kind of see us going and, and what's your hope for, for us? Wow. Um, wow. 2020. Um, I guess if anything, I mean, I have to be hopeful and I have to think, you know, be positive. Um, I, so much change is going to come out of this. Um, I'm not saying that someone my age can't be a part of that, but I am, I am more than um, hopeful and um, ecstatic, really, that the 20s and 30-year-olds of all color, of all of the issues that we're dealing with right now, I mean, you guys are in. You're all in on it. And I think maybe finally, finally, that there's going to be some change in yeah. this country. I mean, it didn't work in the 60s, maybe a little bit, but not really. Um, I know you're passionate about what you believe in. and. Uh, so I guess I'm just, I'm hopeful and I'm positive and anything I can do, you know, to get involved, to make that change. I, I'm all in. I'm all in. I love it. What do you want to be remembered for? Um, I, I, wow. I guess just simply being a, you know, a good mom, a good wife and a good friend. I love that. What does activate mean to you? Wow. Just the word itself means uh, to me, get going, <laughs> like move. And uh, I keep learning. You know, I never, never stop learning. And then with what you knowledge you gain, you do something. Just, I love just it. do something. I love it. So today, you guys, we're going to do a live recipe demo. So do you want to kind of share a little bit about the recipe that we're creating together? Sure. Okay. So again, we- Happy fall. This is going to be yeah. like our first fall recipe. 
know, we talked about um, seasonal cooking. This um, being the first day of fall, um, we're going to cook with squash and a squash that I love. It's called Delicata. And it's a tubular squash that is um, delicious, sweet, tender. And when you cook it, it almost caramelizes. And you um, can eat the skin, which is uh, key because squash is really hard to skin. Um, and so this makes for a nice salad. So we're going to make a fall salad with uh, honeycrisp apples, which scream fall, acorn squash, some roasted pepitas uh, for green. Some, we can put some kale in there. Um, some fresh herbs, uh, sage and thyme, and then sprinkle with a tooch of blue cheese. Oh, and the dressing, which also says fall, is a typical, you know, a olive oil and vinaigrette dressing, but instead of um, red wine vinegar, we're going to use apple vinegar, apple cider vinegar. We're going to put in a little maple syrup, a little Dijon, uh, olive oil, garlic, and salt and pepper. I love it. So you guys can watch, uh, you can see this recipe. Is this a recipe on your blog? It's not, but it's going to be. Yes. So we'll put it up yeah, on the blog. What, but, will be, what, will be, what will it be called? Um, delicata squash with kale and honey crisp apples. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So go head on over, follow Shredded Sprout. You can give her a review. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners and our audience who are all over really the U.S. and people that are really motivated to grow on both the soul line and the goal line and really make a difference with their lives? Um, well, really now's the time. I have never been so heartbroken and um, positive at the same time. Yeah. So do what you can do to move us forward. Yeah. It really, it's heartbreaking. Well, we all have really unique gifts and we're all here for a reason. So yeah, we all are. And everyone use your gifts. And if you don't, you have to know your gifts. If you don't know your gifts, then ask your best friend. Right. Right. I mean, someone else knows what your gift is. Totally. Totally. It might be little, but it's, it's, it's important. You can contribute, you can contribute, right? Absolutely. This is not the time to stick our head in the sands. In the sand. Absolutely not. Well, thank you, Mom, for being here today. I love you so much. Love you, Laura. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please share this episode and DM us. We'd love to interact with you about all you learn and create from this. If you love this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe to get real-time updates when all new episodes go live. And if you can, please leave us a review. It will help us grow our community and our message to support more leaders on their growth journey. If you want to continue to hang out with me, follow me on Instagram at Laura E. Holloway and subscribe to my weekly newsletter at lauraeholloway.com for weekly downloads, blogs, upcoming workshops, events, and more. Stay aligned and make your move. I'll see you next week.